Coming to you from the middle of the country, a new voice in politics, a show that is breaking away from the two-party system. In the Middle, with your host, Justin Staten. You know, I might be on the right track with the show when YouTube is already banning my podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. And yeah, so before coming on to record this episode, I, and I, sorry, I got to move the microphone away from uh, from me a little bit here. Uh, but it, it's interesting. Um, sorry, I just took my headphones off too. Oh, jeez. What a great welcome to the show. You get to hear me moving the micro- uh, microphone around and banging my headphones on the desk. But yeah, so before I came on for the show, I, I had got a warning from YouTube that I am violating their policies. So it was because of episode three. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to it. Uh, you tell me if I violated YouTube policies, but the policy guys is, uh, it's authoritarian in nature. And, uh, they said, Hey, go check, go, go look at this, this video. Cause what I do is when I I'm done with the, the podcast, I get, I turn it into a video format and I post it on YouTube and rumble. And so I know I'm on the right track because YouTube is already trying to ban and censor what I'm saying. And this this warning that I got was a, a medical misinformation, right? There's that word misinformation, disinformation. And it, basically the note said, YouTube doesn't allow claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus. Who are the expert consensus? Uh, local health authorities or the World Health Organization. So our freedom of speech in America has been regulated uh, to local health authorities, which I don't know who those are. Um, that's a pretty broad stroke. And the World Health Organization. It's interesting, right? We, we can't make, we can't disseminate or spread information about what's going on with COVID vaccine, vaccines and vaccinations, which is you know fundamentally one of our First Amendment rights, unless YouTube deems it appropriate. So basically, unless it follows some sort of consensus uh, from organizations that really should not regulate us or dictate to us, uh, they won't allow it. And I love how they uh, put in the word misinformation. Uh, like what, what garbage? I mean, what drivel that is. Uh, you know, it's. I saw uh, Jordan Peterson said not that long ago, do not trust anyone who uses the words disinformation or misinformation. What they mean is opinions that run contrary to mine that I should be allowed to suppress. Or let me read that again. Opinions that run contrary to mine that I should be allowed to suppress. So, you know, be cautious. You know, we talked on a previous episode about uh, the authoritarian effects of wokeism and all of that. And, and it's just some, it's just an exercise of control, guys. And I, so I, I thought it was funny that they're uh, already banning. I mean, I don't even have, you know, reach yet in the show, which is kind of funny. And they're already worried that I might be spreading misinformation, which obviously is defined an opinion that runs contrary to theirs that they feel they should be allowed to suppress. And you know what? It's their channel. It's it's their platform. If they want to suppress free speech, you know, we'll find an, an alternate channel. I also post on Rumble and Rumble has given me no such warnings. And crazier things, I have way more views on Rumble than on YouTube. So again, let's just let these woke companies and corporations and institutes, let's just let them burn themselves out uh, with all their crazy ideology. So 
yeah, today's show, guys, I, I it's kind of going to be a heavy show. I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to talk about the real invasion of China today and whether or not it's already begun. And it's a heavy show. It's not It's not a show that, that I take lightly. It's not a show that I, I think I want you to take lightly. And it is a serious matter. And I think after hearing what we're about to talk about today, you're going to start paying attention and it's, it's going to seem a lot more serious to you as well. But before we do that, like every other day, please share the show. It means the world to me. And if you're listening to the show, whatever platform you are listening to the show on, do me a huge favor, leave me a rating, leave a review so that I can make the show better. As always, I appreciate that, guys. It means the world to me. But I really want to spend time on the real China invasion. So let's get on with it. So do you think that China is not thinking about invading America or at, at the very least taking it down? I I feel like they are. I feel like communism has been trying to infiltrate America and eat it from the inside out since the 1950s. And there is so much evidence to support this communist takeover. And even the, the, the communist uh, Russian regime, the the Soviet Union, you know, talked often about taking over America without firing a single shot. And they were going to do that through ideological subversion. And they would defeat America from the inside out. Well, the Soviet Union collapsed. And China kind of filled that vacuum as far as a, a communist regime is concerned. So now China, the, the Soviet Union, Russia is kind of fall into the back burner as our as our main adversary in the fight against communism. And China kind of filled that void. And I believe China absolutely wants to take over America and subjugate America. And I was listening to a podcast, uh, the Dan Bongino podcast. And after listening to this episode where he he talked about and I'm I will I, I encourage you guys to listen to this this episode this podcast Dan Bongino this specific episode and I will leave a link in the show notes here for you guys to listen to it and you know I've I've had a lot of these same thoughts and I've I've seen a lot of these same same signs going on in America and have had some of the same concerns but he summed it up and summarized it so well that I had to share it, but I don't, I don't want to, I did not do the legwork on this and putting this together in the way he did. So I always want to give credit where credit is due and the credit goes to Dan Bongino on this. And what, what he states in his show is that there is not going to be China invading America. It's not going to be like Red Dawn, the movie, right? It's not going to be paratroopers falling from the sky and, and, you know, shooting up our schools and our towns and, you know, it's going to look different. And he put these into the the order of invasion and what it will look like is infiltration, collaboration, destruction, and subjugation. So there is an order to this soft war on America, if you will. And that is what the invasion will look like and how it will take place. And, you know, he really brings the receipts for this this idea of how this invasion from China will take place. And so 
on today's show, I want to take you through these receipts and show you how this is playing out. So let's start with infiltration. So infiltration is important because it paves the road and determines for China who is friendly and who they can trust and who is not. Because, I mean, hey, if you're going to take over a country, it's kind of know, good to know who's going to be on your side, right? Like which townspeople, which people in the government will actually take your side when it happens and who will help promote this Right. So because the infiltration part is part promotion and part who's on our side, who are the good guys that are favorable to China when the job is done. So it's important. And he goes through these receipts on the infiltration side, and it is mind blowing. Uh, And so I'm just going to go through a few of them for you. Heritage Heritage Foundation report uh, talks about Confucius Institutes and how they are China's Trojan horse in America. And it is one of their, these Confucius Institutes, which if you're not familiar with this, these are institutes that were put around college campuses around the country to what they quoted them as, as being centers for um, cultural exchange. But it was determined very early on that, that these weren't centers for cultural exchange. These were basically indoctrination center teaching Chinese communist principles. And and teaching people not to shed a negative light on China. And the State State Department under Trump actually designated these as a foreign missions in America and started closing them down. But they just recently started rebranding and reopening back up. And so you have these Confucius Institutes that are infiltrating our public institutions, educational institutions. And so on that list, there's institutions. And, and what, what, what is the list of the infiltration? Well, it's schools, universities, courts, corporations, media, and political parties. That's the list. That's the infiltration list for China. And remember that as we go through these examples and we talk receipts here. So the goal is to infiltrate schools, universities, courts, corporations, media, and political parties. So we're, we're already seeing these Confucius Institutes. There, there were a hundred and some of them at one point. Most of them were closed down under the Trump administration. But now under the Biden administration, they're being rebranded and reopened. That's, that's a problem. Here's another one. Catholic News reports um, an article where communists and the Chinese regime have talked about the long march through institutions, which was a term coined by an Italian communist. And their goal for years, the stated goal of communism and to get communism to take root and take hold in countries to include America and specifically America was this long march was to infiltrate those entities that I just mentioned. And this infiltration, the the warnings have been around for forever. And one thing that Bongino points out on his podcast is this this video interview that was done sometime, I think, in the circa 1970s by Yuri Bezmenov, who was a former KGB officer, talks on this interview about ideological subversion. So here is a guy that was part of the Soviet Union, former Soviet, former KGB officer, 
and he gave an interview that was recorded. You can go out and find it on YouTube, Rumble, anywhere you can find videos. And talked about that the Soviet Union, for example, and the communist regime there, they don't they don't spend all their money on like clandestine services and and trying to steal secrets and and you know do all the fanciful uh, Hollywood type intelligence gathering. They spent most of their time and their budget on ideological subversion, or they also called it active measures. And ideological subversion and active measures is the process which, and these are his words, I'm quoting, it is a process which is legitimate, overt, yet open, meaning it's in plain daylight. They do it not under disguise or the cover of darkness, not sleight of hand. It's overt. It's open. If you would just open your eyes and and he's as he says in the interview in this video, take the bananas out of your ears, you would see it. If you were awake and paying attention, you Americans would see this. It's that obvious that it's happening. There's no mystery to it. And the whole goal of ideological subversion or active measures is to and I quote, change the perception of reality for Americans to such an extent that in spite of having an abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions as it pertains to interests in defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. I.e., get Americans to the point where they do not know what to believe anymore. And are we at that point? where we don't know what to believe, where things seem so scattered and crazy that we don't know what to believe. I, I think that's a safe assumption to make for most Americans. Most Americans don't believe the media. Most Americans don't believe politicians. They don't believe the government. I mean, I just opened the show with YouTube already banning me when I've got four views on a video about the CDC rolling out new guidance. And they say we should just listen to local health, esper- local health experts whom they don't identify or define and the World Health Organization, who is very favorable to China. So, infiltration in our institutions much? What are some other examples of this infiltration and collaboration? You need infiltration. You got to get into these institutions. You got to get into these entities. But you need collaborators. You need people to help. Get the message out there. Take the active measures. So what about the Biden family? Well, recently Senator Grassley spoke before Congress and said that they have authentic bank records that financially link the Bidens, specifically Hunter Biden and James Biden, to the communist Chinese regime. Business records have been found, and this is according to Senator Grassley, Business records have been found with the Biden with Biden family signatures on them right next to signatures of Chinese nationalists who are connected with the Chinese government to include Chinese intelligence officials. The Bidens, according to another congressman, were found to be in a scheme. And when I say Bidens, I mean Hunter and James Biden. I should clarify that were found to be in a scheme to sell natural gas to China. And they even tried to get them to start buying shares in natural gas drilling companies 
in America. And this is all just coming out because of the, the Hunter Biden laptop that had a lot of this information in it. And now it's being investigated. I'll give you another example. And Bongino did not bring this up in his podcast, but it, when he brought this up, it made me think of somebody like Mitch McConnell. Talk about collaboration. Mitch McConnell, who, you know, is currently the party lead in the Senate for the Republicans, the leader of the party. But if you go back and look at Mitch McConnell's history as a senator and in Congress, you know, back before he met his wife, his wife being Elaine Chow, or Cho, he had a pretty staunch stance on China. They had an adversar adversarial response to China. Well, then in the early 90s when he met his wife, Elaine Cho, Chow, I'm just going to say Chow, guys. That changed. His stance changed drastically. And, and why is that? Why, why did Mitch McConnell's stance on China change? I mean, you want to talk scary stuff, guys. And, and again, none of this is conspiracy theory. This is not tinfoil stuff. This is just truth. In a book called Secret Empires, written by Peter Schweitzer, he lays out the, the, the corruption of politicians. And, and the one specific corruption that he lays out is Mitch McConnell and his wife. Because Elaine Chow's parents owned a shipping company that was in bed with a Chinese company. Her dad went to college with the former Chinese president. After being married, McConnell's were given $25 million gift from Elaine Chow's father, James Chow, who went to school with former Chinese president Jing Zemin. They started a company that has done an incredible amount of business with a Chinese company called State Ship Building Corp, or CSSC. A corporation which has done a large volume of business with the Chinese government. And this company, CSSC, is at the heart of Chinese, the Chinese government's military-industrial complex. The main goal of CSSC is to strengthen, strengthen the Chinese military. And so the leader of the Senate has ties through his wife to the Chinese Communist Party. But we should trust Mitch McConnell, right? You Republicans out there trust Mitch McConnell. So you, you talk infiltration, this is happening at all levels, or I'm sorry, collaboration, this is happening at all levels of the government. Well, so where else could it possibly be happening? Well, let's look at that. So we're, we've already seen that they're, they're infiltrating the education system, as Bongino points out. We're seeing that they're infiltrating political parties with the Bidens, people like Mitch McConnell, and I'm sure there's many more. We'll keep digging to figure that out. But what about our media? Is our media influenced by the Chinese government? Well, that's funny because Bongino points out that Times of India just released a report not that long ago that showed that the Chinese Communist Party 
has bought media influence by paying millions of dollars to U.S. dailies and magazines. So is it any surprise that we have no idea what the truth is anymore when our newspapers and our magazines are taking money from the Chinese Communist Party? What about sports? Do we still have sports? San Francisco Chronicle talks about the benefits of the NBA-China partnership. When really the only benefit is the money. And how many NBA players and coaches and staff are afraid to speak out about the atrocities in China? They're more than happy to speak out about the, the things that they are bothered by in America. You won't see them speak out against China. You think sports are infiltrated? What about Hollywood? Heritage Foundation re released a report that showed how China has taken control of Hollywood. They're invested in almost all the production studios in Hollywood. You guys noticed the influx of foreign movies? There was a movie literally just released not that long ago about a, a, a Chinese war, a Chinese war, like the heritage and history of the Chinese Communist Party. So they've in, in, infiltrated and are, are getting collaborators in our educational institutions, political, media, sports, Hollywood. What about our intelligence community? They'll protect us, right? The Hill. China has already infiltrated American institutions. Beijing is working aggressively and with some success to co-op American intelligence officers. And then the article went on to give many examples of how that's happening. And Bajino points this out. So up to this point, it's not looking good for America. Kind of scary when you think of it. But what about American corporations? Well, hey, let's take a look at that. And Bongino points this out. Bloomberg, FBI, and MI5 warn that China spies are ransacking American companies and stealing intellectual property. Also, people like Larry Fink from BlackRock, right, one of our favorite companies, talks about how amazing China is and how they're helping them and the Chinese people set up retirement accounts and savings, just like they did in America, and how they like authoritarian regimes as an investor because they're more predictable and democracy is messy and markets in democracies are more messy and not as easily to get rich off of but we love those authoritarian regimes like china you don't believe me go look up his remarks what about our farmland this is a crazy thing that he pointed out in the show. So, you know, if, you, if, if your goal is to take over a country and use a soft war as your approach, and if Bongino is right that it's going to begin with infiltration, collaboration, followed by destruction and subjugation, you would probably want to start creating some supply lines in your adversary's country. So what about farmland? Well, it's funny, because Ronnie Jackson, a congressman from Texas, recently introduced the Farm Act. The Farm Act, Act combats foreign entities from buying farmland in America. Do you know today China owns over 383,935 acres in America? Directly owned by the Chinese government. 
40 million acres in the U.S. are owned by foreign entities. 40 million acres in the U.S. are owned by foreign entities. I mean, how, do, how is that not trying to control our supply chain, our food supply chain from the inside out? And then you get into the destruction phase. So we've already seen, as, as, as Dan Bongino points out very clearly and brings receipts, and we're seeing these things play out monthly, weekly, yearly in America. I mean, if you just go read that book, if you just go read the, the book that I mentioned earlier, Secret Empires by Peter Schweitzer, it will make you sick. It will also make sense about what's going on with the Bidens. It will make you sick to see this new corruption peddling. It's corruption by proxy. Exploiting family members and business ties to enrich themselves. Collaboration. Infiltration. And Bongino does a good job of pointing this out. Then we get to the destruction side. I mean, you've infiltrated our schools, our universities, our media, our corporation, our politics. Now it's time for the destruction side of things. And again, he points out at the top of his show, he doesn't think it's going to be a red dawn scenario where paratroopers are going to be falling from the sky and shooting up our towns and our schools. And we're going to be jumping in our Ford Broncos and driving off to mountain range where we'll set up daily ambushes to defeat the Soviet and Chinese communists. No, it won't look like that. It won't be a traditional model of invasion. Maybe, he points out, maybe it'll look something like I don't know, balloons with EMPs on them flying over America to knock out our electronics and our electrical grids, which EMPs can do if, if exploded at high enough altitudes. I mean, where have we seen that before? Oh, yeah, we just watched one transit the entire United States of America, flying over some of our most sensitive missile silos and military installations. Trial run? What's the response? Get some high-resolution video and photographs of the areas that maybe we do need to take out? And what better way to drop an EMP, knock out our entire grid? Because what happens then? You create chaos. Chaos, chaos would ensue. Chaos would ensue. I mean, think about this. An EMP drop, we knock out. There's no power, guys. There's no electricity. There's no more iPhone. There's no more internet. No more credit card systems working. Gas pumps could potentially stop working. Everything that has anything to do with electronics could be fried. There may be parts of your car that wouldn't work. Some may not even be able to get their cars started. What kind of chaos is that going to create? So maybe the goal is, yeah, we don't need to, we don't need to invade. We don't need to send in paratroopers. Why are they not going to do that? Because they'll lose. They know trying a traditional invasion in the United States of America is a losing proposition. They will lose millions. You send millions, millions will be killed. 
there are more guns than there are people in this country. And there are a lot of people that know how to use them. And they know that if anything like that were to happen, we would be united. We'd be going shoulder to shoulder to shoot down paratroopers out of the sky. No questions asked. They know that. Because you're going to have a tough fight with our military, and then you got to get through us. That's a losing proposition, and they know that. But what could they do? Well, I don't know. Fly a balloon with an EMP on it over our military installations and knock out their capabilities first? Maybe. Send us into pure chaos where we start killing each other? That way, when China shows up, there's only a few strong ones left because we did most of the work for them. Then, of course, you need subjugation. For this, you're going to need people on the ground. China is going to need, in order to subjugate, they're going to need people on the ground. Well, what were some of the receipts Bongino brought for this? How about the New York Post? China has opened secret police stations in the United States and Canada to monitor Chinese immigrants in North America. Chinese police stations in America to monitor Chinese nationals. What? Yeah, it's a real thing. Secret police stations. They don't go hang a sign out on the front that says, hey, Chinese police station, file your grievances here. No, no. Secret. How about another one? The Daily Signal. The encounters with Chinese nationals at the border has increased dramatically. Hundreds of thousands, potentially, of Chinese nationalists flowing across our southern border that our current government, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Collaboration? Collaborators is leaving unchecked and wide open for anybody to come across. And there has been a significant uptick in encounters with Chinese nationals at our southern border. (laughs) I don't know. You tell me. Can't have subjugation if you don't have some people on the ground. You don't have spies amongst us. Again, not tin foil hat stuff, just seeing what is happening and putting the pieces together. Make no mistake, China does not see us as a friend. China does not share our freedom, values, and principles. If you are somebody out there asleep at the wheel with your hands over your eyes or over your ears and you just think it's all conspiracy theory, you are going to have a rude awakening awakening if you don't wake up now. We've had people sell us out. And every communist regime loves, loves the collaborators, loves the people who institute it, and they love the willful, willful or useful idiots. How many people are soft on China? How many people have we've sold out the American manufacturing industry to China? We created China's wealth. Many years ago, we thought by helping China succeed economically that we could turn them into a free country and a free society. And the opposite has happened. It was at that point when the opposite happened that we should have cut ties, brought our manufacturing home and saw China for the adversary that they are. 
because we are theirs. Make no mistake about it. But we didn't. And how many politicians are soft on China? How many people will not say a negative word about China? Why is there so much Chinese money in the United States? You know who owns most of our U.S. Treasury debt? China. This is why Trump, I don't care what you think about Trump, but Trump tried to open your eyes to the China problem. And he was run out of town by both political parties. Think about that for a second. I'm going to do a whole episode on Trump. But think about that for, and I'm not, this is not an endorsement of Trump. But I'm going to do a whole episode on Trump. But think about that for a second. Why would both political parties run Trump out? Because he was so bad that both parties who never worked together on anything are going to get together to run him out of town? Guys, come on. Or was it that they were so bad and didn't want him to lift the veil so you could see it? I don't know. It's worth thinking about. Anyway, we talk about China infiltration. I, I can't confirm this, but I'm going to take it a step further. A report was just recently released in Canada. The Globe and Mail in Canada. CSIS documents reveal Chinese strategy to influence Canada's 2021 election. You don't think they didn't try to influence America's 2020 election? That they didn't? Are we really expected to believe that Joe Biden never campaigned, barely left his house, had crowds of five to six to 20 people because of social social distancing and for COVID, got more, the most votes of any other American president in history and more than his predecessor, Barack Obama? Really? We had so many poll irregularities in, in key battleground states that, that literally shifted the, uh, the votes to Biden, where hundreds of thousands of votes came in in the middle of the night. That actually happened. It's not make-believe. It's not conspiracy theory. It's fact. It happened. What the media wanted to tell you was, well, there's no evidence. There's no evidence of widespread. That was the key word they always used, widespread election fraud. Canada's already discovered that China worked to influence their 2021 election and more than likely helped Justin Trudeau, who has not been a, a moniker for, for freedom, helped possibly him get re-elected in Canada. We don't think they didn't have an influence in ours. I don't know. You tell me infiltration is important to the plan. Bongino finishes by pointing out the fact also that the media in our country, collaborators, have recently started to transition from woke terms, which we have talked about, to statism in, in terms that are more in line with statism and loving the state. And the reason for that is the U.S. establishment doesn't want chaos anymore because they are finally in control. The establishment in D.C., and the media 
and all the elitists are finally in control. We got rid of Trump was never supposed to win his election, folks. He was written off from day one. They were happy when the when he won the Republican primary because they thought Hillary was a shoe in and Hillary's part of the program. So to find out on election night that he actually won, oh, the game had to change and it had to change quick. And how visceral it got. This plan would have been rolled out, guys. It's four years delayed because Trump bought us four years. Whether you like him or not, doesn't that's not the point. It's irrelevant. He bought us four years of time. Which is why they worked feverishly to get him out of the way and get a crony like Biden in that'll just rubber stamp whatever they want him to do. And what did we see leading up to all that? Oh, riots. Go riot. Go protest. Go burn stuff down. Go destroy things. COVID lockdowns. COVID, you can't do anything. All the restrictions. You're going to lose your job, get a vaccine. You're going to lose your job, yada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We saw it all. Wokeism was used in the manipulation language during all of those things to get those outcomes, the riots, the COVID restrictions, everything, to get rid of Trump, you name it. And then that happened, and they got control back, and now there's this shift and this focus to statism. And if you pay attention to what is on TV and in the newspapers, I think you're going to see this. I think you're going to see this. They don't want chaos anymore. So you're not going to see you're not going to see coverage about go, going to riots and and calling for defunding the police. You're actually going to see calls for funding the police and increasing riot police and funding for those types of initiatives. You're going to hear less on toxic masculinity and more support for troops for foreign wars. And the left, I mean, isn't it ironic and is anyone else noticed that the left, for example, hated foreign wars, hated government and big government and government intervention, except for to help in education and, 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 and medical. Hated the police, wanted to defund the police, etc. Isn't it funny how those same people now are supporting Ukraine and the war in Ukraine and funding a foreign war? These are the same people protesting Vietnam, the Gulf War, and the Iraq and Afghanistan campaigns. Now they support funding a foreign war? Oh, because of Russia? Russia's not even the threat. It's China. But now they support it. Now they support police. Now they support government. Big government. Corporations. The left used to hate corporations. Who remembers the, the, the Wall Street protests? The 1%. Occupy movement, the Occupy Wall Street movement, the 99 percenters fighting against the 1% corporations. Funny how they're in love now with corporations. Maybe it's because they're in control now and they sense that and they feel that they're in control. So now that they're in control and, and the policy and the system is going in the direction they want it, Got to increase our funding for riot police because we don't want these free Americans to get any ideas that they can change it. In this piece, he, he points out also that they can show this quantitatively, that apparently there's a chart that 
that he lists. And I encourage you, go go listen to a show. I'll leave the link in the show notes. But apparently there's a chart that shows a sudden rise and fall of wokeism terms and replaced with a massive spike in statism terms. And so he, he points out that from 1970 to 2018, there was a huge spike in wokeism terms like toxic masculinity, you know, the gender stuff, you name it, all the woke crap you can think of. Huge, huge spike from 1970 to 2018. And then all of a sudden, there was a sudden drop off of those terms being used in media outlets to more statism speech. And he also points out that this this sharp increase followed by a sharp decline actually mirrors the same history and what's going on in China. So after the Chinese party consolidated their power, for example, and Xi was reintroduced as the leader, they didn't need COVID restrictions anymore, for example. All of them went away. Just like now, how there's been a consolidation of power here, the left all of a sudden loves police, corporations, foreign wars, and the state, the government. Super patriotic all of a sudden. Weird, right? Not that long ago, they were all against it. And they use wokeism to promote their power consolidation. Guys, this is serious. I mean, I said this was going to be a heavy show, and it is. And it feels heavy on me and on my heart. Because I see it happening. You know, that, that, that thing that you just, it doesn't look right, doesn't smell right. So you know it's not right, but you can't put your finger on how it's happening, how it's not being reported. No, it is. But it is. It's being done right in front of us. They're so flagrant, they don't care. They, they are so convinced you are so asleep, America, they don't care. They're just going to put it right out in front of you. Your politicians, your media, your corporations, your schools. They don't care. So, so he, he does a phenomenal job. Bongino does a phenomenal job showing this infiltration, collaboration, destruction, and subjugation. So is it safe to say that China isn't just planning on invading America? Or is it, to safe, is it safer to say that the invasion has already begun? You tell me. I unfortunately, unfortunately believe that it has. And we have to put a stop to it. China should not be allowed to buy farmland in America. Politicians shouldn't be making money from Chinese communist companies by using their family members to funnel money for favors. Favors that are written on the backs of American citizens. Public institutions of education and universities should not be allowing Chinese propaganda on their campuses. It's happening. Look around. You'll see what's happening. 
We can fix it. Scary times in America. It's a scary thought. But we can stop it. We can stop it. We can fix this. But you got to get involved. You have to get involved. We have to hold all these people to account. We've got to burn these institutions down again, not literally, figuratively, and rebuild them. Rebuild them on the foundation of truth and that American sovereignty cannot be sold to the highest bidder. Let's hold them account. Anyway, guys, I got to go. I got to get on with the day and get to work myself. I really appreciate you being here with me. As always, please share the show. If, if it made you think, it made you laugh, made you cry, got you fired up, uh, share the show with somebody, somebody you care about, somebody you love. Maybe you can have healthy debate after listening to the show instead of, you know, chewing each other up and, and hating one another. So I appreciate you being here, guys, and I will be back with you again tomorrow. I can't wait. Until then, have a great American day and take care.